everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast. I'm co-editor Joseph Abraham, and I'm joined today with Jonathan Schiller, the uh, CEO of Catskill Regional Medical Center, who's going to talk to us a little bit about how CRMC has been doing in this pandemic and uh, give us an update on everything going on. But before we get into those questions, I just wanted to welcome Jonathan and have him speak a little bit about how, number one, this is National Nurses Week. And then we have uh, next week is National Hospital Week. So it kind of all fits into a theme sort of a CRMC. So, um, yeah, if you want to touch on that and maybe talk about your staff. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for having me. It is an interesting time. This is probably the most unique Nurses Week I've ever been a part of. And I think at the same time, how appropriate is it for everyone across the country to be focused on uh, the care that nurses provide to patients? and um, as well as the risks that uh, sometimes they may have to take in, in care of our community. The nurses at our Casco Regional Medical Center uh, are just incredibly brave and incredibly committed to the community. And um, they're, they're really, they're, they're struggling through, but they're making it through and they're supporting each other. And they've also thankfully uh, received incredible uh, outpouring of support from our community. And I, I truly do think it's really fitting that this is Nurses Week and Hospital Week coming up um, that that really helps to uh, to recognize some of the hard work that our brave nurses are doing right now. Thank you. And um, it sounds great. And we, of course, are appreciative to everyone on the front lines during this crisis. Um, but speaking of which, this is sort of starting off with a broad question. If you could just touch on sort of what things were like at CRMC sort of when this whole thing started to when sort of like where we are today. Sure. Um, I'll walk you through what, what we've experienced. So in our hospital uh, and in our health system, we have a uh, group of folks that uh, form what we refer to as the Emergency Management Committee. And that committee routinely throughout the course of a year uh, will do planning and drills. Um, so, for example, uh, we've conducted an, a number of active shooter drills, helping to prepare our staff if we were ever to experience that. We also drilled for uh, large mass casualties like a, a bus crash on, on Route 17 or something of that nature, and always hoping that these things never happen. And uh, one of the things that this uh, that this emergency management committee has had on its radar is a pandemic. And I believe that all hospital emergency management committees across the country have always thought that's really the worst case scenario. We hope we never run into that, but let's have a plan in case we do. And uh, Casca Regional Medical Center. Uh, through that committee has had a plan and it's been revised over over the years. And this is the first time in my 25 years of uh, hospital leadership that we've actually had to activate that plan. So we saw, as everybody else did, the early cases coming out of um, out of China and, uh, you know, monitored it, but didn't really think that it would come to what it has. And over the course of January, and early February, as the signs were all pointing towards a, uh, a real problem for, for the world, um, we began to gear up. And we began to have uh, weekly emergency management committee uh, meetings going over our planning, fine-tuning what our action steps would be. And ultimately, kudos to our Sullivan County leadership, who on March 17th uh, declared a uh, state of emergency in the county. And, and helped to really get our entire community focused on making sure everyone was doing the right things, paying attention to this, and staying safe. So here at the hospital, uh, what we've done, we really 
have tightened things up and closed things up. Normally, we are a, a, an open community resource inviting all into our doors. And one of the first things that we had to do was uh, eliminate or reduce um, elective outpatient procedures. And also, uh, we had to eliminate visitation with the idea of reducing the risk to anyone, either a patient in-house, a staff member, or somebody visiting, that they might uh, incidentally be exposed to the virus. Some of the things that you've heard uh, through the media, such as um, PPE, uh, the personal protective equipment shortages, uh, ventilator shortages and needs. Um, uh, fortunately for our organization, we have had such great community support as well as support from our elected officials and our, uh, our folks in Albany. We've, we've been able to have all of the PPE that we need to keep our staff safe, and we've had an adequate number of ventilators for the unfortunate souls in our community who were very, very sick with the virus. We activated our surge plan, uh, which what that means is we uh, converted areas that aren't typically used for patient care into patient care areas. We also created uh, COVID isolation units and really turned our operations into an isolation unit-based hospital over the course of a week in March. And unfortunately for, for uh, our community, we were, you know, no one had immunity from this virus. Um, there were many victims in our community and many folks who, who came to our ED and thankfully uh, were well enough to go home. It didn't have to be in the hospital. And we're, we're thankful for them as well. And so now, uh, as you see through the data, we've slowly worked our way through this um, situation with practicing everything that the CDC and the New York State Department of Health has recommended in terms of social distancing and the wearing of masks and the hand washing and, um, and, and staying at home. So all of those measures have really helped to flatten the curve. And it has reduced the need for uh, the hospital to have its isolation units set up. And we've been able to uh, decommission those units. And now we're down to one. We have one last uh, COVID isolation unit where we do have eight patients in there this morning. All right, so we sort of already touched on the PPE, which was my second question that you said you guys have had enough. Uh, so going into the third question that I had, so Governor Cuomo talked about the importance of keeping hospital capacity below 70%. Uh, so I guess if you could talk on how capacity was affected at CRMC and how they fared. And then you mm -hmm. talked about the fact that you guys had to sort of put those elective procedures and stuff on the back burner. And as far as if you have an update on a timeline, as far as when we might be able to see um, those return for people who are looking to get them. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Uh, so it really does begin uh, with the, the answer to that really does begin with the reduction in elective procedures. And by reducing the number of elected procedures, we were able to increase the availability of beds in the hospital that might have otherwise been occupied by a postoperative patient. And uh, with, with, the, um, with the activation of the surge plan and the utilization of the ventilators, at the peak, uh, we were uh, two-thirds, I'm sorry, we were one-third into our surge plan. Uh, two units out of six were activated. We did have the ability to surge much more than we needed to, which I think is a good position to be in. Uh, we were very fortunate that in that way. Some other hospitals closer to the epicenter in New York City were not as fortunate as, as we are. And um, we've now, uh, as I had mentioned, decommissioned those units. We're down to the last one, and um, and we have eight patients in there this morning. The uh, the governor, I think, did the right thing 
by eliminating uh, supporting hospitals and the elimination of elective procedures uh, and creating that excess capacity. We are we have been released by the governor to and the commissioner of health in New York to begin doing elective procedures uh, that occurred last week. However, um, there were several requirements placed on hospitals that were otherwise released to perform elective outpatient procedures, and we're going through to ensure that we meet and are above and beyond each of those requirements. They include, as you had mentioned, the 70% occupancy. Uh, we currently are at 50% occupancy. We do have plenty of capacity in the hospital now, and we think that we'll be able to safely resume those elective procedures in next week, actually. Uh, and for next question, a quick one, uh, you know, for patients who are uh, currently that need to receive physical or occupational therapy for whatever reasons, are they able to get those uh, at the Calicoon and Harris location? Yeah, so uh, good question. We do have uh, some very talented uh, physical, occupational, and speech therapists in our community working at both of the hospitals. And right now they are seeing patients who have uh, what we would refer to as an emergent or urgent acute therapy need, something where if it's not done right away, uh, the patient may be um, may suffer uh, long-term effects from the injury that they're recovering from. We usually see this in things like femur fractures or other serious uh, fractures, and um, and we are seeing those patients. We do not currently run a general outpatient elective therapy schedule, although we anticipate and are hopeful that we'll be able to do that very soon. That's another service, uh, elective outpatient service, that we were re requested to diminish. Okay. And then last here, you know, you guys are a community hospital, uh, you know, but at the same time, you talked about it a little bit on the Happy Nurses Week and stuff section of our show. Um, and uh, But just from that aspect, a lot of community uh, initiatives have been put in place, different organizations which have made trips by the hospital, dropping off food, uh, messages online and stuff. So if you could rate the community support that you guys have received and just anything you want to say about that as the uh, CEO of CRMC. Sure. Thank you. I appreciate this opportunity to share our heartfelt thanks um, and appreciation for the support that has been provided by our community. We were we we are really are overwhelmed, and it just says to me how great this community is. Uh, when things are challenging, everybody comes together, and we've seen community groups, uh, uh, we've seen businesses, we've seen restaurants, we've seen local. Schools and um, and individuals contribute in so many ways. And for some of our nurses who who come out of working in the COVID unit um, after a long a long day, and you know really might be weary after that shift, seeing what they've seen, to know that someone out there is thinking of them and that they're not alone in this is really is really heartwarming. And I think in many ways has made all the difference in the morale of our staff here. Uh, thank you isn't is nearly enough, but that's what we can offer right now. Just our sincere, heartfelt thanks for the incredible support that's been provided by our community. And uh, we do plan, uh, as as hopefully as this passes over the coming months, to be able to have a community celebration in thanks for those who have given so much to our staff. Great. And in addition, real quick before we let you go, um, with people being able to read stuff in our paper and in, in media outlets for you guys, if people are looking for like uh, up to the minute updates on CRMC and such, what's the best place for them to go? 
is for things that are specific to the hospital, we do encourage uh, those who are interested to go to our website, uh, crmcny.org. And uh, there we post as much as we possibly can. We're very careful to post updates about the hospital specifically as opposed to the pandemic. Uh, we defer to our public health officials who are doing an excellent job in Sullivan County and New York State uh, for some of the broader uh, demographic and epidemiologic information. Sounds great. All right. Well, thank you for joining us here today. And uh, just a reminder, you can listen to our podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Check our website out, scdemocratonline.com. Our physical paper comes out on Tuesdays and Fridays. And, um, yeah, thank you for joining us today, Jonathan. Thank you for all you guys have done. And also just uh, for you and your personal family, stay safe during uh, this crisis. So, Thank you so much, Joe. My best of health to you and your family. Thank you, sir.